The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Powell. You could look at the way that work is arranged and decide that it's something designed by the patriarchy just so they can avoid looking after their kids. A more equal society would have work start after school drop-off and finish in time to help with the end-of-day tasks. And that's just if you have kids. You might also have a life. It's just one of the ways that work is not really built for the modern age. One person that's done a lot of thinking about the way we could work today better and has helped putting it into practice is Kate Wright. Kate's completed her MBA, looking at new modes of work that reward output and efficiency rather than face time and hours spent. Opening up the way we work also opens it up to new people, the diversity we're looking to build today. To talk these thoughts and the role of mentoring for business, Kate of Business Mentors New Zealand and business design company Intentio joins us now. G'day, thanks so much for coming along. Hi Simon, thanks for having me. Hey, so first up, let's go back to some of the research and work you did before your MBA um, around the idea of gendered roles in the house, the way we model these to our our kids, and the pink jobs, blue jobs. I thought this was fascinating. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So in my undergrad degree, I was doing the sociology of gender, and we looked at ways that... I also did child psychology and family psychology, so looking at the ways that we model these sort of pink jobs and blue jobs to our children and and is it nature or nurture that makes the child, you know, the boys want to play with trucks and the girls. And that's a whole other argument, but it was just interesting to look at the ways that we pass on those messages to our children and and it was good to question why, why is it set up like that. And what, what did you come to in terms of the pink jobs, blue jobs thing? Did you see that houses were jobs were spread evenly across um, the male and female figures, uh, had kids with kind of more balanced viewpoints? So what did you see? Um, there was no definitive answer really because it de- it's dependent on so many different factors. But what it basically comes down to is that it's okay to have pink jobs and blue jobs as long as everyone agrees that that's the way you want it. So if you've got one person who's traditional and wants it to be that way and one person in the relationship that doesn't, then that's not going to work. But if everybody's okay with that, so you kind of need to match yourself with someone who has similar similar ideas and just be mindful of what you're modelling. What's a pink... So, so would a pink job be... Um I don't know, laundry and a blue job be mowing the lawn? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We're very traditional like that in New Zealand... Um, and people sort of set that up but perpetuate it. So maybe that makes girls feel like they shouldn't be in the garage or maybe it makes you know boys feel a bit funny about being in the kitchen. 
Um, in terms of like uh, helping people see different things, um, I, on this podcast, when I have um, female business leaders on, I make a point of never asking them about their family because like I never get asked about my family or how I make business work and I've got three kids. Uh, and, and so I find it weird that women do, but we'll make an exception for this podcast because that's an explicit part of kind of what led you into this field, isn't it? That idea of trying to balance the family situation and the work situation. And it's very topical right now too. So um, I, yeah, the whole thing for me has been about managing the children and you want to be with your family and you want to raise your children and also being really good at your job and being seen to be there early and all those things that are appreciated about workspaces. And then, the tension between those two things because you, it seems like you can't win because you're always going to feel guilty about not going to the sports day or you know if you had an important meeting or also having to go and ask for permission can I please go to the school play not everybody has to do that some people have a situation where it's a bit more flexible but a lot of people have that really strong tension and I noticed over the years like I, I would always speak to other women and, and men and just kind of probe along that topic and people feel bad about it people feel torn and they feel like there's nothing they can do about it but there certainly is there's so many different ways of doing things and that that led you down a path of researching some of the other alternatives and uh, one of them the results only work environments um this is a really cool concept tell us about that It's a very cool concept, but it's quite a mind flip. So it's a complete paradigm shift from the way we do things now. It's not flexibility. It's not teleworking. It's basically, here's your role. Let's agree what you need to achieve in what time span. And then you just go do it. I don't care if you do it all on one day. I don't care if you spend, you know, the whole month at the beach. But when you come back, you're accountable for your results. And you don't have to ask permission to go anywhere or do anything so it changes the, the focus from the time spent in a p- place to the results of the work, you know, the the productivity. And if these people, so one of the problems that businesses face, I think, a lot when they focus on clock watching is presenteeism and absenteeism. But people sitting there, you know, everyone's got someone in their office that they, the joke is that they're always on trade me. Um, and it stops that because if there are any loafers, social loafers around, they're soon going to get found out it's almost it's a really cool concept but it's almost quite harsh too because if you don't come up with the goods then you're probably going to be out Mm. that's really um an interesting way to look at it the results only i guess there are some workplaces that uh like like writing or uh where freelance writers often exist in that kind of a zone where it's like well the deadline's next thursday and so just have the thing finished it doesn't matter if you're in or out of the office how does it work for kind of team environments and places where having people to kind of collaborate with and spark Mm. off is important what does it do to a culture having a results only work environment the studies that were done on there's a big company in america called best buy who implemented it Uh, two two ladies sort of took over and decided that they would implement it in one of their core units and what they found was that um morale raised and the teamwork people can still message each other or they could still come in for meetings it doesn't mean you can't so you can set it up however you want and um it just had so many flow on effects people were much happier they were more loyal because if you've got that kind of setup you're probably not going to leave to jump to another company um the it costs them less in terms of real estate because so many people are not not you don't need to pay for all of that space um 
people are less stressed because they're not commuting. It just had, and people were healthier. People had time to go to the gym. They didn't have to stick to some sort of schedule. Yeah, th- there's a lot of inefficiency in the current system. Like if you it's take so a couple of steps up and look down and see everyone in rush hour at the same yes. times, everyone trying to book holidays so in the same little more windows. Roads. Let's just keep building more roads and put more people on them. Well, what about, let's yeah, like you say, let's do a helicopter view and think what's going on here. Does everybody have to travel at exactly the same time? Even schools, like there's a sort of a cry for more innovation. We want innovation in the workplace. We, we want our children to grow up to be able to figure out problem solving and do all this different stuff. But the two social institutions that that we grow people up in are not innovating. They won't look at this cool stuff happening. I, I always get called out by all the teachers I know when I start on the education system. But there is innovation that can happen there too. Not everybody has to be at school at the same time. And um, teenagers need like 10 hours of sleep. There's People are lacking sleep. People get up at five in the morning to hit to beat the commute. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the, even the role <laughs> of um, school and kind of the social conditioning. Like, um, I, I, I think this is something that's shared by a lot of people, but I, I feel I'm not a valuable member of society unless I'm busy from nine in the morning until five in the afternoon. And I think that's just muscle memory from, um, you know, I find it very hard to relax on holiday or whatever, unless I'm moving the whole time. Yes. I think it's muscle memory from, from, the, from yes. preschool being busy all day. It's really hard to let go of that too. And um, we've recently pulled out one of our children from school and we now homeschool him. And um, so people ask questions about that. They want to know how does that work and, you know, what about the exams? And there is a quite a process to go through to be able to sort of get permission to homeschool. But then you can do however you like. There's unschoolers, there's curriculum followers, there's a bit of everything. And you don't necessarily have to do NCEA. And people are sort of shocked and stunned. Like, there's almost a culture of why should, if we have to go to work from nine to five, why shouldn't you? And if we have to go to school and do all that busy work, then why shouldn't everybody else? Which is weird because everybody can have the kind of system that works for them. And that kind of like conformist, um, you know, almost puritanical, judgmental kind of element to it, that exists in the work environments, doesn't it? So you've kind of noticed this idea of um, yeah. uh, being first to clock on, last yes. to clock off is seen people as good. People get rewarded in front of other people, just like you do at kinder. You've, you've been sitting up really straight. Good boy, you can have a treat. Everyone else has to feel like they're not so good. And yeah, people get rewarded for turning up first and staying late. But what um, I found in some of the environments where there was more flexibility, people are prepared to sort of pay you back for that. If you don't mind if they come in every Wednesday morning later because they did something at school or I don't care, they went surfing, whatever, then if you need them on a Saturday because something happened, then you know something went wrong, they'll come in. They're happy to because it's a give and take relationship and it's not this rigid, oh, you're five minutes late, what happened? And, and so between your work, um, I'd, I'd like to get to talking about being a business mentor in a second, but between your work with uh, your business design company and in the MBA, what what kind of companies have instituted um, this kind of uh, results-based work rather than time-based work? And I guess like, do they have to do it all or can they have some people in the team with a bit more of that mm. ability um do they have some people that just have to be there i mean you probably couldn't have um a, a person greeting people at the front desk on a totally <laughs> i'll come in when i can i'll get to you later i'm busy yeah, yeah. no or, or, or someone who is the key holder for yes. a store or yeah. something it's interesting when i mention results only 
to people, the response from managers is usually, oh, but, you know, if I give that person, then everybody will want it and then it will be chaos, which is just old style thinking. So, um, so yeah, and someone said to me, well, you can't make paint from home. If you work in a paint factory, you can't. But there are other things you can do. You can just have a real conversation with that person and say, hey, look, what is it that's important to you? And it'll be different for everybody. It might be important to you to be able to take an extra half hour at lunchtime because you go to the gym and you don't want to have to rush through your workout and that's the only time you've got to do it. Just talk to people and be real and be able to work with that flexibility. So if it's a paint factory, you might have constraints, you know, we work these shifts from this time till that time, but within there, what's better for you? Are there days that you want to not be available? And it doesn't seem like that much of a, um, doesn't seem like rocket surgery. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't seem like rocket surgery. Um, with, with that thing, is there one of these um, generational splits? You know, everyone loves things to be kind of millennial because you find that, um, you know, new, new people to the workforce, they expect to be able to keep continuing yeah. their private lives throughout their work environment and they're also very happy to have the blend of work environment in their private time and is that kind of part of this um acknowledging that like the shape of lives are different some um companies will still like block facebook and trade me and things like that which is just crazy because everybody is can Mm. multitask and you have to trust people that they're going to be a grown-up and not spend all their time on Facebook unless that's their job. Um, but no, there was a research done in New Zealand that found that there are no, it's not, people like to talk about millennials and that is, you know, millennials might be more outspoken than some other people, but it's also baby boomers. It's anybody. It's me. And I'm neither of those. I'm a Gen X. And people want time to follow their hobbies. People want to have a life, like you say. They want to maybe go and visit their elderly grandparent without it. You know, it's just so rigid. Monday to Friday, nine to five, for many people. And then you've got two days. And in those two days, that was part of my personal thing, was that in these two days I have to do all the laundry, all the housework with my husband, who is very... um, he does a lot of that stuff. I'm not very pink and he's not very blue. So, um, yeah, but there's, there's two days and you're exhausted and then you'd have to go back and do it all again. It just seems like also not good for the children to have that that sort of rigid structure when it could be more natural and they could be more blended into society too. Hmm. Hmm. Um, we're, we're sitting here at the moment sitting in uh, – my nine-year-old daughter's room from my house <laughs> as I'm on a, a, a work-from-home morning. So that kind of blend is really vital for that give and take. Have you got examples of companies in New Zealand that are doing this and examples of, like, benefits? Because I'm sure there's people sitting there going, oh, well, it all sounds nice, but, like, yeah. oh, nice isn't going to pay the bills. I've probably got more examples of ones that don't, but um, part of my research was to go and do a case study at Vend, and I spoke with Mel Rousel, and was really just yeah excited to be able to speak with her about the way that she does things and it comes down to just have those human conversations because that's what this relationship is it's they're people and they have things that are important to them it's not all about your work and and what needs to get done um there was a conversation the other day about children um somebody was saying that they had to go and pick up their child and they felt bad because work and I wrote a bit of a snarky post saying, you know, God forbid the children should interfere with the money-making activities of the companies, put them all away in their institution where they're not going to bother and we can all get on and, you know, achieve these goals. But they can be incorporated into 
work. That's a whole other topic. But <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they can. Um, and, and let's talk about being a business mentor with Business Mentors New Zealand. Yeah. How did you how did you get into that and how does that work? So when I finished my MBA, I, I just wanted to be able to sort of pay back. I feel really privileged to have been able to do the things that I've done. And I've built up, you know, quite a bit of experience over the years. And I just wanted to sort of see what it was like and see if there was anyone that I could help. And mentoring's huge. Mentoring, if you look at anybody successful deep enough, you'll find that they've got coaches, they've got mentors, they've got advisors, and we sort of have a mindset, I think, in New Zealand a lot where you struggle on and do it all yourself. It's hard to ask for help. And, um, yeah, mentoring's really cool. It's cool for the mentor and the mentee. I would say it's a two-way thing. And so with business mentors, um, how do people – get into it like um let's say from the perspective of someone wanting mentorship uh does it cost is there a lot of time commitment um yeah do they have to i don't know show all of their dirty laundry it's kind of embarrassing people are yeah. embarrassed to ask yeah. because um they're like oh gosh you know i'm so sorry but this is a really dumb question but you know should i set up my website before i get my business cards printed or should I register the company and they're shy about that but don't be because we all started there everybody starts somewhere and um I think the cost is it's a couple of hundred bucks for a year's worth of mentoring it's just such a low investment and I wouldn't think that you'd ever regret that um and you can set it up however you want what I like about it is that you go through a third party so um you know you might get suggested to talk to to talk to a mentor and then you have a chat with them and see if you, you're a match. So you'll say, well, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Can you help me with that? And then kind figure like out. like a date kind of. It is. It's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> a first date to see if you're a match and if you want to meet up again. And you can do that on Skype. You can meet up. You can go to the house. You could meet for coffee. You could see at the library, anything. And it's up to you guys. There's kind of, you, you want to be respectful because the mentors are doing it. They're volunteering. Mm. So, but you might decide to meet once a month face to face and then have weekly phone calls or whatever works. Um, and for me, what I love about it is that it's more than, it's not just business advice. Sometimes it's the difference, making that difference in a person's life that they don't have to struggle with that commute anymore. So, my particular passion is people who want to start their own business and escape their job that they don't like. And that's really cool. Yeah, well, yeah, first let's just quickly look into what it, what it takes from being a mentor as well. So as a mentor, mm. you volunteer your time. That fee that people pay is just to kind of cover the administration oh, yeah, that's of the admin. service. It's, yep. it's, a, just, just, it's, a, it's a nothing fee really yep. considering the time involved. What, what kind of time commitment does it take to be a mentor? And do you kind of have... I don't know, one, or do you have a portfolio of businesses that you're working with? You or can, do you choose? Yeah, you can have as many as you want. So you can, if you're busy or you've got something else that comes up, you can just call them up and say, hey, look, don't don't send me any more people. I'm, I'm all stocked up here. Yeah. Or and you can, or you can say, look, I'm not available for the next year or the next month. or And then um, they'll sort of send out a list and say the type, just a, a brief, the types of businesses that are looking for someone. Mm. And if something sort of catches your interest and then you go, oh, yeah, I could help with that one. Now, how does it help you as a business person as well? You know how there's that lovely saying that, you know, if you want to know if you know something, try yeah. and teach it. Yeah, that's right. And it's only by trying to tell someone else about it that it kind of yeah. becomes clear to you. There's definitely an element of that to it. And it's really cool because it partly shows you how far you've come. Because if, I don't know, you forget what you know and you just expect that everyone else knows what you know but we've all got different areas of expertise and different things that we've done so <clears throat> and it's definitely a two-way thing I don't think it's like a top-down I'll tell you everything I know 
it's a two-way thing and it's um it's so many different aspects to it there's access to each other's network so um that's a really important aspect of it uh, for both people it's um yeah it's access to expertise in the area that you you can't pay for that I mean you can't buy 10 years of somebody who's got exporting expertise that you've never you're just diving into um there's so many benefits it's just and, and there's a last thought there like like the thing that you try and help um businesses do is to kind of break the shackles of the job they hate tell us tell us about that and and how that's worked out for you break the shackles of a job they hate by starting something of their own yeah it's um it's exciting and that's what it's all about if it's able to change somebody's life then then it's completely worth it so and for me that's something that's really important to me I'm all about freedom and independence and um, flexibility and so that's kind of why I have more of a connection when other people are able to achieve that too um and just it's a complete flip from working for someone else to working for yourself it's hard work and it's very challenging there are lots of ups and downs but how amazing to be able to say hey I'm no longer working for someone else I'm my own boss <laughs> yeah and, and is that kind of um you can't be it until you can see it so if you want to show that we can have successful results work environments and places with different modes of working maybe you need those brave few companies to set out Oh, definitely. And, and yes. lead the way. Yeah, absolutely. There needs to be more examples, I think, in um, in people who are prepared to let go of those old structures. So a lot of the forward-thinking companies in America, or I don't know if a lot, but some, have let go of the whole performance review thing because everybody hates them. Managers hate them, workers hate them, and they don't really achieve anything. It's just a tick ticking exercise. And so companies have done away with them. But the flip side of that is that you have to be careful because – when they do things like that and they say, you know, you can have unlimited vacation days, but is that going to, you know, people aren't necessarily going to want to run off in case, you know, someone else sort of takes their position in some of those companies. It's quite competitive and you do have to work really hard. So that's why the structures are coming off because the environment's changed in that way. And also you'd have to be careful as an employer not to take advantage. So, great everything's flexible and now you're on a zero hours contract and we'll let you know we need you that's kind of different than providing flexibility so it can work yeah in both ways cool thank you so much for joining us today kate wright from intentio and business mentors new zealand to talk about these new modes of working thank you so much to jose barbosa for schlepping out to my house uh, to uh, set up the recording studio uh, and thank you very much for listening uh, if you are a fan of the spin-off check out their other podcasts i can especially recommend at the moment gone by lunchtime it's good times you've been listening to business is boring presented by simon pound and brought to you by the spin-off and callahan innovation From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? 
Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.